Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode nine. I wasn't prepared. I had a pen in my hand. So we are on episode nine of the podcast. We appreciate you all making it this far. I can't talk here, right? My, I'm just, I'm still waking up, right? It's, you know, it's only 11 o'clock here. I like sleeping into like two or three in the afternoon. How about yourself? You're probably up at like 6 a.m. Five, but yeah. Um <laughs> But uh, I don't know sign language, so I can't help you out, Mike. Maybe I should learn for the podcast sake, and I can help us all out. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should. So uh, today's topic is going to be a little bit of a different one here. We're going to be answering uh, basically responses, questions, topics to cover that we got on a YouTube poll that I posted a few days ago. So we got close, a little bit under 10 topics, questions here we're going to fly through and just you know, this is going to this is going to cover a little bit of everything just from what I'm seeing the topics. So this is just going to be hodgepodge, rapid fire, um, knock out these questions and uh, see where we go from here. So we're going to uh, hop right is He knows what they are. I don't. I have yeah. no idea what's coming. So my answer may be don't buy a Gaylord on every single one. We'll see. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't send him a script. This isn't scripted. Uh, we just uh -huh. kind of roll with it. Right. I I actually forgot what these topics are until i'm looking at them right here right now so uh we're just going to go in order here that they are on the youtube post not even and... priority order love it it could be the most important question first so there you go all right so here we go first one we have and i guess you know what i'll even say who it's from right Ooh, I'll, shout outs. I'll, I'll, I'll even plug these people right so we have cheesehead flipper he also has a youtube channel go check him out he's also a reseller uh, he's got a nice little garage set up now for all his eBay, Fleabay junk that he sells. He says, fighting restock limits, adjusting what you send in versus FBM, expanding into other inventory categories such as clothing, new triggers, stuff like that. So that's like, I mean, he really loaded this sentence. This wasn't even just one question here. That's he like just, a statement of like, here's my business model. Yeah. He, he, he wants us to write like a 10 page book report here for him and submit it, you know, like he's asking everything here. So fighting restock limits, right? Uh, I don't think, I don't think you can fight them, right? You, it's, it's a losing battle, no matter how you look at it from everything I've seen, even the huge sellers that are selling, you know, tens of thousands of units a month they got crushed too. So I don't think it's just even, I don't think it's even just boiled down to media sellers. I just think it's a fight. We're never going to win. Amazon just don't want your stuff in their warehouse quarter four. They can't handle it. So I do have something to stay on this. Cause I did attend. I'm in another group guys. I'm sorry, Mike. I am the daily refinery. I did attend a call yesterday. They, they covered this question. Um, they got cut and hit hard too. How they quote unquote combat it is they just send in higher turning inventory. However, the issue they've encountered this year is even doing so, the market's not buying as much as they used to. So even though it says it moves faster, it really isn't based off consumer demand. So you got to count for that in. So unless you're sitting in like 150s all the time, you can't really combat it to that degree because you can't predict what the market's going to do you can have a good guess with all the charts you can look at but you can't really win every single time even the big 
sellers struggle with this, like you're saying. I think, uh, you know, kind of what he hit on is, you know, fulfilling by merchant or eBay, mm -hmm. you know, it's just the Amazon version of eBay. You just list it yourself and pack it and ship it directly to the customer. But I understand a lot of people don't like that. You know, you like the convenience of FBA and Amazon dealing with all the shipping and all the headaches and all that stuff. But if you're doing this full time, right, the money has to keep coming in. You can't just close up shop. You still need to make the money if you have employees, pay your employees, overhead, all that kind of stuff. So you definitely have to, you know, take a step back and kind of almost pivot your business completely when restock limits hit, if you're only selling on Amazon now, I know he's, he sells on eBay as well. So, you know, you have that fallback plan. That's why I always say it's important to be on more than one platform. So now when it comes to expanding in the other inventory categories, such as clothing, um, no shot, I'm doing that. I know it's feasible for some people. Some people don't mind just kind of, you know, just being scattered brain, right. Focusing on a million different things. Uh, for me, I just rather FBM and stay in my stay in my lane basically than expand into other categories. And he brings that up because Amazon will let you, you know, have a thousand clothing items, a thousand apparel items, a thousand shoes, oversized stores. So that's something you could do if you have any experience with it, right? I wouldn't recommend, you know, if you're a bookseller, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to try to find clothes and you know start from nothing with that. That wouldn't work out any way you look at it. It's interesting because even you and I diversified into CDs and DVDs, but they're where we're getting our books from already. And to be fair, there are clothes usually, depending where you go. Oh yeah, there as well. I'm I'm kind of noodling on that one, but I don't want to have. It, it's a whole different storage thing for clothes too. And then there's cleaning and all of this, and I don't want to fool with that personally. So I would not even do clothes. And then you've got the uh, what are they called? like the toothpaste and vitamins uh, yeah consumable it's not consumables it's um what's the word for it Mike? but, that, but, but that's that's not even its own category is it it's just standard size the toothpaste and vitamins and stuff yeah i have no idea i never messed with it i guess yeah, it's standard size so it won't even matter you won't be able to send it in anyway because you already maxed out right i mean i don't even think you can merge and fulfill that stuff maybe you, you could you literally just have standard size, oversized apparel and footwear. So yeah. you would have to go to apparel and footwear if you weren't doing what you were currently doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm just going to stay in media personally. And I, I often wonder if I just stuck in books, just did books, not CDs and DVDs. I think that'd be the wrong call because there's so much value in the CDs and DVDs. And they're, like I said at the beginning, I'm picking the books up already. Might as well pick up the DVDs and CDs. They're in the same category, right? It's all falls in their media. So it's not like you know you're you're a crazy person doing all these different kind of business models. But it is feasible, right? Maybe you live by you know the outlets. I'm here in Lancaster and there's a bunch of outlets. So if I wanted to go to the Nike outlet, Puma, Adidas, all that stuff, I could do it. Just something that does not interest me and I don't want the returns. And then well, I mean, I guess if I had returns, I could have a whole, you know, closet full of Puma and Nike stuff, right? That I couldn't do nothing with. And I just wear name brand stuff all the time. I think you hit the key point there. Like I started as an everything seller. And I can tell you right now, I'm not interested in clothes. I'm not interested in shoes. I am interested in books. Anything. I like, yeah, I like CDs and DVDs, but the books do it for me. That's all I got to say. Anything but shoes, please. That's like I have nightmares oh, about so those hard. shoes. So hard. Um. So that covers new triggers. I mean, they're basically the same. You just switch them to FBM. Uh, you can be a little bit more picky. <laughs> He's talking about scout IQ triggers that tells you whether or not you're buying an item. Uh, you kind of can, you know, take lower moving stuff because you have the space, especially somebody like himself who has a garage. 
Uh, if it's a one E score, two E score, you can list it. And then my my plan is when FBA opens back up, you just transfer everything that's uh, FBM to FBA, and then you're back in business like that. All right, we're moving on here. Next up, we have Thomas, six-month member of the channel. Shout out to Thomas, supporting the channel for six months. A breakdown on all the ways to get your books, including which methods have worked and which work the best. I'd love to hear insight on all ideas of how to keep inventory coming. Now, I, I you want to take thirty minutes, and I'll take thirty minutes. Yeah, so we got to we got to like you got to narrow this one down a bit. Um, you're you got more more better bulker bulkier sources than me, so I'm gonna let you ride away first here with this. Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna list them. Library sales, great for bulk. Um, you can walk into any thrift store, at least where I live, and be like, I'll take them all. Great for bulk. Um, you can hit Facebook Marketplace and look for your private collectors or just your Joe Schmo. But I wouldn't just stop at one. Hit a whole hit a whole county and make it your daily run. You just go from location to location to location. Ideally, you pick something in the middle, like a McDonald's that's a public place, and they all come to you. And you can get a meal while you're doing this, while you're waiting for your next person to drop your their 20 books off to you um another one is go to the actual bookstores uh there are they, they exist they aren't just thrift stores um and ask hey what are, what's your what's your dead stock here can we make a deal do you just want to get rid of it so you can put better items in um some other ones you can do i've contemplated never done it but i've contemplated i live on the gulf coast I thought about taking a trip down to the docks and seeing, getting the books before they head overseas to whatever landfill they dump them in. Uh, as I said, if you don't, if you're unaware of that, most most of our trash either gets landfilled, burned, or shipped overseas. So if you can get them before they uh, hop on their boat across the pond, wherever they're going, there you go. Um, there, there's the thrifts, of course. I don't like going to them so much. Uh, estate sales, I love. I love estate sales. I love auctions, both online and physical. It's great for getting bulk, getting bulk cheap, actually, because most people at those auctions, they aren't going for the books unless they really photograph something, I don't know, like the time machine, H.G. Wells, first edition. But you're going to go for the other books. Um, what other sources do I have? Oh, I, have, I deal in um, community centers or old folks' homes. Usually they have a library of some kind because older folks like to read. And that library gets cycled in and out, and um, I get free books that way. Uh, retirement home, same deal. Or people looking to retire, um, and their moving sales I look at too, like, hey, you got any books? Uh, estate sale companies, real estate companies. You want me to stop now, Mike, so you can have a turn? I can keep going. Dude, you're done. The timer's been up, right? It's like the uh, the... the... There's so debates. many guys. Just look. There's so many options to get books. You, the the issue in media is not getting the stuff. The issue is selling the stuff. That's well, no, the no, issue. no, no, no. To you it is, but to a lot of people, a lot of people rely on thrift stores. They, I think, I still think probably seventy five percent of people resellers rely solely on thrift stores. But there's more options. There is, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it takes a little bit of time and, you know, maybe people aren't comfortable meeting up with other people directly in today's, you know, day That's and age. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, you literally covered every single one. Um, which one works best for me? 
Craigslist. I don't care what anybody says. You can say Craigslist is a dead platform, but I've probably made over $20,000 off Craigslist just in the past year alone, just from buying directly from other people. It's free. You just create an ad. Um, one thing I wouldn't do, uh, and I always recommend against doing, is just buying Gaylords of books from these dealers you see online, you know, you know, bookgaylords.com or something like that. Uh, that's never going to work out. That stuff's always picked through and most people don't have a plan to get rid of it. So like, you know, like you said, there's a million different ways you can get books and thinking outside the box is the way to go. You know, state sale, clean outs, uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK people. All they do is throw that stuff in the landfill, right? They're not sure they'll skim over it for, you know, gold and silver, but the books and stuff all just go in the trash. So there's always, you know, there's, there's so much inventory out there. You can do whatever you want. You just got to be willing to you know, look outside the box and don't rely on the thrift stores because thrift stores are going to keep going up and bulk prices are kind of, you know, you kind of can still be cheap about it and, you know, just more bang there for the buck. There are two that I plan on doing that, that I remember you doing, that you still do early on. Like you got car magnets, friends. You advertise. You do, I don't advertise. I go out and get it, but you advertise to get your stuff. Um, I plan on doing that a lot more next year. I plan on doing flyers, pick up the car magnets put a sign in front of my shop that we're a buy only kind of store. Um, I also, I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to, I'm going to go door to door, knock, hand a flyer, like, yo, I buy this and give me a call or, you know, somebody tell them to give me a call. I'm going to give that a whirl. I have no idea how it will do. It's just a, it might work. It may not. To this day, word of mouth, I bought books from somebody and then they told their friend and then their friend reaches out to me and said, Hey, uh, you know, Johnny, Johnny said you bought some books from him. I also have some. So word of mouth is still the best way to basically market your business. It's just a matter of, you know, putting in the work, right? You just, you, it just doesn't happen magically. Yeah. A lot of my sources led to other sources, lead to other sources. That's the only advertising I've ever done is gone out, get it. And I did a good job. I wasn't a jerk and they recommended me to somebody else. They knew it was in the same boat. All right, moving on to the next one here. We have Miss Lachey Resell. She also has a YouTube channel. She sells media as well. So go check her out on YouTube. Uh, topic, other than media, what other items have you had success in selling? Uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. Yeah, All right. Uh, when I was an everything seller, some of my best items were electronics and video games related. I used to find those Guitar Hero guitars. I'm talking five hours a piece most at Goodwills and Salvation Armies. And they used to be everywhere. And even back then, you could easily get $60 plus shipping for those. And usually when you, there's always usually more than one, right? Because it's, you know, if it's a band, unless, you know, the person's a one man band, there's always usually at least two guitars. So I sold probably over 50, maybe even over a hundred of those guitars, uh, VCRs, VCRs are my bread and butter. Whenever I see a VCR, you know, five bucks, because back then, you know, nobody, Goodwills didn't realize they were worth anything and nobody wanted VCRs or so people thought. VCRs always are going for at least 60, 70 bucks plus shipping. Um, those are kind of my two bread and butters. I did dabble in clothes and sneakers and I hated every minute of it. But as an everything seller, you're just like, well, <laughs> It's profitable, so I got to get it. But my big things were VCRs and basically video game accessories. Mine were, I'm going to admit it, shoes. I know. hate it. I didn't clean them. I I, I, cl I cleaned a pair, and I was like, no. I didn't clean the others. They still stole, by the way. Um, they were cowboy boots and ladies' shirt shoes. I bought, had over 100, 125 of them. 
I maybe ended up with 20 that didn't sell that I ditched to an auction. I, I literally unlisted them because I'm a bookstore. I'm like, you deal with this. I'm done. I've had my time in shoes. Done. But my other one was RP. I'm going to throw out my nerd card. Yes, I'm a nerd. Notice t-shirt, nerd shirt. Um, I'm into RPGs, D&D type stuff, or it was. I don't have time for that crap anymore. But I, I had a lot of friends that wanted to offload their collections. I had some stuff in my collection I didn't need either. That's the problem. You have, you have an addiction to these things. So you overbuy, you collect. Um, so the maps, the dice, the dice trays, the dice bags, those always sold. Basically, they're like Nintendo, right? They just stay in value or go up in value. So those were always good to me. My problem is I can't really find those out in the wild unless you know somebody who knows somebody but those are so good in money it was so good like i said it's like the nintendo of analog gaming yep um and i still wear my video game gear over here donkey kong so you're just a nerd just a different type of nerd so just, it's all just good i mean i don't like you said you know you don't have as much time when you have a full-time business but yeah. you know it was a. Uh, Selling my guitar, your guitars were, it was fun. I mean, the only, I'll tell you what, though. One thing I hated about those guitars was making Franken boxes to ship those things in. It oh, was, yeah, a, yeah. It, my, the only saving grace was I worked at CVS and I had access to every size box that came in off the truck because, you know, they just get compacted anyway. But if that wasn't the case, it would have been, it would have been a nightmare. Imagine that. I saw Harry Tornado try to wrap one of those, like, I'm not doing that. No. All right. We are moving on here. We have next up Amelia Johnston. When you reached six months with some books in FBA Amazon and needed advice on what the heck to do. For example, I asked to destroy a book and it cost two plus dollars. What do you personally do when pricing to move hasn't worked? I thought you got money back from liquidating. Or is that not true? You do, but you're talking, you know, a nickel to the most I ever got was like a dollar seventy five, and most of the time it's in the twenty to thirty cent range. Did I misunderstand? Because it sounded like when she destroyed hers, they charged her two dollars. She didn't even get a nickel. They still, I'm pretty sure they charge you for liquidation. That's just a little bit less than destroying or having it sent back. Huh? The price to destroy and have it sent back is the same. Really? Yeah. You're just getting a little credit. Basically, so I learned something here today. Okay. The, um, I mean, first off, you know, you're not going to sell every book you send in, right? It's probably an, an 80 20 game, I would say. Maybe, you know, maybe more or less either way, but 20% of the stuff you send in is not going to sell. Um, all you can do is reprice, reprice aggressively and hope that it sells, but you know, it's going to wind up with that 20% that just doesn't sell. For me personally, I liquidate it, I'll take whatever I can get from it and call it a day. Now, if you have an eBay store, right, I mean, you can have it all sent back to you. You're going to get a lot of boxes, a lot of packing material. Um, so that'll that'll kind of cover the cost of having it sent back to you. Um, I wouldn't destroy it. I would always at least liquidate it. There's no point in destroying it if maybe you can get a nickel or 20 cents back. Or if you need the boxes and packing material, have it sent back to you, right? You can liquidate. I did it. It was like, you know, 300 books and, you know, it, all 300 don't come in one box. I sent a bunch of smaller boxes, which is good. You can save them for, you know, reuse them for eBay and then you get all the, the bubble inside. So that, that's kind of, you know, there's really nothing you can do. It's just part of the business, but I wouldn't destroy it, liquidate it or have it sent back to you if you need the shipping materials. 
I'll answer mine just a question, just a second, because I got my own question. So there's three, right? Destroying is going to cost you money. Having it sent back is going to cost you money. Liquidating, you get money. But they still charge you to have it liquidated, I'm pretty sure. So charge, 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 a little bit back. Yes. Okay. So the trade-off is, do you need the packing? You should never destroy, right? You should always liquidate or have it sent back to you if you need the materials. So my answer is... If it's $20 or more in value on eBay or whatever other platform you diversified yourself in, go ahead and recall that back. Try to flip it on that one. Take the chance. See if it sells there because it wasn't selling on Amazon. Otherwise, I'm with Mike. Just liquidate them all. Yep. Get or them out the door. Like you, you need packaging. Do the recall to get packaging. Sure. All right. We're chugging along here. Next up, we have getting rid. Oh, wait, I for forgot to say who it's from, right? I mean, I just, I'm a terrible host They're gonna here. They're going to be so sad. I'm the only name not mentioned. I know. Uh, from Josh Graff with two Fs. He also has a YouTube channel. He sells everything on eBay. I mean, everything. Uh, his last what sold video is he's got knives to video games to boots to clothes to auto parts. I mean, I'll this dude's knife in a book. <laughs> this dude's got it. This dude sells everything. Uh, getting rid of duds from bulk buys. Um, that's I mean, that's like when it comes to, if you're going to be a media seller, this <laughs> is like the number one thing you have to figure out is how to not only get rid of them, but if is there a way you can make a little bit of that money back on your duds? Um, personally, for me, I live 10 minutes from a second in Charles. That's a trade-in store. You can trade in, you know, games, uh, books, CDs, DVDs, records, basically anything they'll take. It's almost like, you know, flea market in there. So that's what I do. I scan it all for Amazon. No ISBN gets looked at on eBay. And then it goes to second in Charles. They usually take about 90 per 90 to 95% of whatever I take in there. And then whatever they don't take, I donate. Um, and you can donate to thrift stores as well and get a tax write-off if you don't have any uh any of these options around you. But uh Johnny B hit it on a little bit earlier. Local bookstores will probably give you something for all your inventory. It might not be much, but realize you didn't pay much and you're just trying to get money out of the things that you don't have the space for that aren't worth it for your business. Yeah, I mean, most of mine are the same as you. The only thing I've done differently is I've done like a auction house. I've, I've done the online auctions. They'll take 20 of my things, do their own weird lot, um, and run it there. You get some money back there. I've even put it in like a retail portion. Here's my cart. I come collect a check. You take your monthly fee out of it and it sells on that cart i don't sit at a booth i don't got time to sit at a booth if you got time to sit at the booth enjoy you can bark at the people walking in the door my books are important buy them um other ways you can do it is diversify again like merchant fulfilled yeah maybe it's a dud on fba but it could be a green on fbm um there's a small mic program well no that's never mind I, I didn't say that. Ignore me. Edit this out, Mr. Editor, whoever nope. you are. Um, you can try other platforms. Like I've been looking at Macari, Walmart, Shopify even. Diversify. My answer is always diversify. That's there's, a, there's a fine balance here between wasting too much time on your duds, like trying to get, you know, money out, you know, like uh, you got a thousand CDs or DVDs that are duds and you literally sit there and like, you're, you're literally trying to do lots of them and you're taking pictures and putting in every single one in the description only to make 20 bucks. It's, you got to have a, 
almost a quick way or a proven way to to get rid of this stuff right i know a lot of people say facebook marketplace throw up your dud cds and dvds and lots and you'll get 20 bucks for them it's better than nothing right but you got to have the space and if you don't want to deal with it then you you really got to weigh your options um personally i don't like having stuff just sit around waiting for it you know two months three months for it to move so i'm taking it to second and charles if i didn't have second and charles i'm going to johnny b's local bookstore saying hey I got a car full of books. Give me 30 bucks. We're out the door. You can get all the books. I get my 30 bucks, you know, fills up the tank halfway and we roll on to the next one. Now I'm going to mention one that we both have done. And I think we didn't mention it here is because we realize it's a time sink is we both have done garage sales for our duds. Oh yes, we have. Yep. And mine's wasn't terrible. I mean, mine for... wasn't either. I, I made more than I thought I was going to make. I, yeah, yeah, so did I. I mean, I have no problem doing it. So that's another option, especially if you live in a nice area where you kind of can do it year round. And if you have the space, right, I'm on the third floor. So that's not feasible for me to drag everything down every weekend. But if you have a garage, maybe a cart with wheels, hey, you roll your stuff out, you're ready to go in three minutes flat every Saturday or every other Saturday, and you get some cash in hand. And, um, you know, you I do it from like, uh, I don't know six to noon and then take that money from noon to whatever to go source yeah that's your day yeah and uh towards the end of mine when i did it i just changed my craigslist post and that the books are free <laughs> so people were just coming and grabbing whatever they wanted just so i didn't have to deal with them right mm -hmm. um and you know listen if, if you do if if they're duds and you're really really not worried about recouping money do what johnny b said right look to donate to a library or like a senior citizen home there's plenty of good things you can do with the books besides put, don't ever put them in trash bags. Like that's just, you know, it's, it's, it's bad juju as Tommy boy says, you don't want to just have that bad karma coming your way. They're books. Somebody will appreciate it out there. You just got to find a way to, uh, Old folks, they love them. John Grisham's they love those James Patterson and my favorite Nora Roberts. They love her. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on here. We have next up from the three lanterns garden, uh, eBay eBay repricing, is there an easy way? Is there a program that you use? There is an easy way. It's called the bulk editor tool within eBay. That's pretty easy, as easy as it can get. That's the program to use. Um, there are repricers out there that are meant for cross-listing software. So meaning it does more than just eBay, but it does eBay too. You could look into those. That answers the question. Now, here's my two cents that you did not ask for. Don't don't use anything beyond the bulk editor. It's unnecessary and it's extra money. Um, you don't need to. The bulk editor is just fine. I personally don't use the bulk editor because I think too many things can go wrong. Human error, not the editor's fault, but it's your error. And it's going to take you a while to fix it, even reusing the bulk editor. Um but to answer your question, yes, there are software programs out there, and there's also the bulk editor. Um, I've answered your turn. I hate repricing on eBay. I'm in the same boat as you, Three Lanterns Garden. We're sitting in the same garden, pissed off because it's not easy. Um, I usually just go to my active listings through the seller hub, and then you can click on the little pencil and edit the price, and then you can click that button that shows, like, you know, the sold or comparable listings. Um, and you just have to do it manually, unfortunately. I guess with the bulk editor, right, you would have to go in and select all the ones. And then can you decrease it by like, say, if I wanted to decrease them all by 10 percent, is that something you can do? Yeah, you can do that. You can even on the top level, the area you're talking about. So sellers hub listings active. Um, you can filter however you want to filter. 
and then select them, and then there should be a bulk editor option or edit, and then bulk edit. Um, but I do it the same way you do because they're, they've got their columns, and you can edit those columns if you're unaware. You can get rid of the junk and keep the necessary stuff. But I just go down that current price, hover over the pencil, just like Mike was saying, and edit that way because it's safe. And I know if I screw up on one thing, I can just go back and fix that one thing because I see it versus me making a mass selection, being really hasty and like, oh, I'm charging a penny. I meant to charge a dollar. Whoops. I um, I think Amazon spoils us, you know, with the software that, you know, these companies come up with that just reprice things automatically 20 times a day. So uh, yeah. repricing on eBay sucks. We all know it. It's just part of business. And I'll never have thousands and thousands of items to reprice. Thankfully, I do not want to live that life. And I know Johnny B is living that life right now. So that's kind of a little bit of a dig. Like, but He uh, sees me suffer every day. It, it, it is what it is. All right. So this next one, this is like, this is like a 20-hour call, this next topic here. About stuff says taxes. That's it. Uh, taxes. I mean, you got to pay them, right? Especially now, there's no more sneaking by. There's no more there's 20K nonsense. It's 600 bucks. So uh, I'm sure everybody listening to this has made at least $600 this year reselling on the platform. So the IRS is going to want to see, you know, basically your write-offs. Or you're going to have to pay taxes on that $600 that you made. Um, well, it won't be the $600, whatever you're, you know, you net, that's what the one tax is on. So, um, you have to keep track of everything. I know what's, I think people over complicate taxes. Um, I think a lot of people waste a lot of time doing a lot of things they don't need. Um, I just scan the receipts, scan my, my utility bills, scan everything that needs to be scanned, uploaded in QuickBooks. There's rules you can set so it knows that the electric bill is the electric bill. It knows that the storage unit is the storage unit. It categorizes it automatically, and it's super duper easy. That's my recommendation for taxes. Afraid to say anything because it's an illegal question. So rule one, when anybody's giving you tax advice on the internet, don't listen to them. Get a tax advisor. That being said, here's my advice. Um... Well, I'll tell you what I do because I'm lazy. I literally have a bucket plastic container that I throw my receipts in. I do my taxes about four hours before they're due, but I also write my mileage so I can do that. I'm also pretty good with Excel because I'm lazy. Mike does it the proper way. Do it the Mike way. Um, and the fun part is my tax lady loves me because everything's broken up into columns. But anyway, I digress. The, the better... My better tax advice answer is set yourself up at your financial institution of choice, a tax account, and just put 20% of your money in there that you get from reselling. Because even if they hit you, the money's already there. Now, it requires you not touching that money. People ever. don't have that discipline, dude. Come on. I do. I, it doesn't exist once it goes in that account. Not until tax season's over. I know, but still. That's my advice. But I don't expect any of you to do it. So... Try. I, I think uh I think Tommy Boy gives the best advice on this is have a separate bank account only for your reselling business. Yes, that's you. I have both, but yeah. So do I. I have both too. But it, it 100 percent like so even if you don't want to do your taxes, if you have your bank account statements, you have your receipts, you can go down to H and R block and say, Hey buddy, here you go. Boom. And yeah, you'll pay, you know, a few hundred dollars for it, but you know, they'll take care of everything for you. And you might not get all the write-offs you're supposed to, but if you wanted to go that route, you could. Now, here's my number one in tax advice. Hire 
a tax person like an HR block. Just do it. It's um, a write-off anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Make sure you say that, that you want the fee they're charging for your tax visit before you pay your taxes. That's right. Before, not after you hand in the credit card. So, yeah, taxes, keep it simple, but, you know, stay, play the rules the way they're supposed to be played. Don't risk anything. Be smart about it. And you got to keep track, right? You can't just BS things because, you know, sooner or later you're going to get caught and then you're going to be screwed. And uh, the IRS, you know, it's not it's not like some credit card you can default on that goes away in however many years, right? IRSs, they'll follow you to your grave and then even after. Now, I will say this. If you get hard, hit hard with taxes, you can go to irs.gov, I believe is the address, and you can make your monthly payments. The minimum is about $100. So if you get hit for 10 grand, you can do small installments to pay it off. I mean, if you're getting hit for 10 grand in taxes, you need to rethink your whole business here because clearly you're not doing the things you should be doing. But anyway, moving on. The next one's also a pretty loaded I'm question. I'm so glad man. we're done with taxes. Thank you. I, taxes just, they stress me out. I'm going to do a, a Zoom call for taxes coming up here in December. But like, I I, need, I don't know. It's one of those topics that's just, yeah. All right. Get caught up in the minutia. Anyway. Here goes another loaded one here. It's only one word from yeah. Leslie Darling. And all, all she said here was pricing. Leslie, you need to use full sentences, Leslie, but maybe the keyboard pricing Pricing. before you buy it, price it when you sell it, look up the comps, um, relook them up six months down the road if it hasn't sold. I uh, do sales. I don't know what to do with this one word, Mike. Your turn. We'll uh, we'll start with eBay. So pricing uh, from the beginning. You have to comp everything. And by comping on eBay doesn't mean looking at what Johnny B has his 99 cent McDonald's toy listed for $10,000 on eBay. You need to filter it to sold and completed listings. Um, Whatever people have stuff listed at means absolutely nothing. Um, So you have to look at sold comps before you buy the items, right? You're not looking after you already checked out at the Goodwill or Salvation Army. Yes, it takes a little bit of time on eBay, but it's only an extra click on your phone. So you, you have to make sure you're going off the sold comps. And uh, for me, when I price things on eBay and I'm looking to buy something, I'm greedy, right? I want to I want to see what I'm going to make if I'm priced the lowest off the current listings and the sold comps. So if there's five people and the lowest one is, you know, maybe it's $20 and then it jumps up to 30 and then 35 like that, I still want to be able to sell that at the $20 mark and make the money that I want to, I want to make. Right. So I'm not looking off the third or fourth highest. I'm always going off the lowest price, whether that's Amazon or eBay. I think that's just a good business habit. I don't like waiting in line and I want to know if I sell it at uh, the least amount I'm expecting to get, then I'm still going to make the money that I'm expecting to get. I don't know if I should say anything because everything you said is right, but my business model is going to be so different from most of our listeners. I'm probably just going to sit in my corner. Okay. Yeah. So make sure you're looking at sold comps, Listed stuff on eBay means nothing, absolutely nothing. Don't even, you know, and if you see, okay, so uh, if you see something that maybe there's 10 listed and none sold, that's also a big red flag to me. If I'm not buying stuff for eBay, there's 10 listed and none sold, I'm probably going to pass on it. It's just something that probably isn't moving. 
even if it's some crazy price. Sure, you know, maybe you can gamble here and there if you're getting your inventory for under a buck and maybe you'll make fifty dollars. It might it might be worth it. But other than that, don't don't buy stuff that doesn't have a sell through rate on eBay. Now I will say this. Um everything he said is correct, but if it's old and it, you can't find it or there's only one on there, you may take the gamble on it, but make sure it's worth your time. I wouldn't do that for anything that's like less than 50 bucks. Um, and then you're going to have to play with the numbers. If there's one other guy, why hasn't his sold? Is he overpriced? Is he underpriced? Or did he use a bad title? So keep those considerations on the older stuff, the newer stuff, exactly what he said there. Um, so that, that covers kind of your, your comps and then repricing on eBay. We kind of hit it earlier. I only go on probably once a month, if that, maybe once every 45 days and, uh, just kind of look at my pricing and, you know, kind of get, or if Deb yells at me like, Hey, you haven't sold this thing. It's been forever. And I'm like, all right, I'll go in and lower the price. Uh, so I guess that's my repricer strategy for eBay is have somebody else yell at you about seeing the crap that's been sitting on the shelf forever. Um, but it's not something I consistently go in and do. And I wouldn't recommend anybody going in and repricing, you know, daily uh, on eBay. Not in or, books. Not in books. No. I, I mean, even anything, right? I mean, it's just your your time. You have to value. We have to value our time. on Apple iPhones, the latest it, model, maybe. It's, it's crazy, right? You got to value your time at some point here in the, in, in the reselling business. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of covers repricing on eBay and pricing, you know, sold comps. And then, you know, you want to be the lowest, at least in my opinion, uh, from when you buy it, you know, that you're going to make the money you want to you want to make. So now we're going to jump into Amazon. Same thing, right? It's the same concept. When I use Scout IQ, the app, you know, it shows you the lowest FBA offer. Um, so I'm I'm comparing to that. So, sure, I probably miss out. I'll, I'll admit, I, I probably miss out on some books where maybe it jumps from 13 to $20 and I'm still going off the lowest one. So if I just would have waited, it would have go for 20 instead of the 13, but I don't, I don't play that game, right? I'm not, I just, got time for that. I, I just want to be the lowest, right? I know I want to be the lowest. Uh, the software I use, you know, reprice it, reprice it 20 times a day. I always want to be the lowest price no matter what, because that's all that really matters on Amazon. Nothing else really matters because you're not taking your own photos you know, 90% of people don't look at condition notes. They just hit buy now. And for you to be the buy now person, you have to basically be the lowest price uh, on Amazon. What do you say? And if you don't have like, you know, if you're not doing media, just use Seller Central. You can scan any barcode right through Amazon, add a product, and it'll actually show you the fee breakdown and exactly how much you would make without, you know, without a whole lot of work. It's maybe two or three clicks. So if you're not doing media, you can use, you know, just Amazon Seller Central app. A lot of big timers do it, or you can buy, you know, there's all kinds of different ones out there. Scoutly, there's, there's so many out there. So pricing, just just be in the best place with the price so you can get the sale at that price and you'll probably get it before anybody else. I mean, that's just keep the cash flowing. That's how I look at it. That's why you always want to be priced the lowest. eBay is a little different, right? So I, I would say this on eBay, if you're pricing against somebody that has no photos or one photo, and maybe it's like a video game or a collectible item, and you have, you know, 10 photos, you probably can get more than that lower person because, you know, they're going to see all your photos. And don't use stock images on eBay. Um, with eBay, you can get a little bit more if you take a little bit more pictures and the other people don't take a lot of pictures or they're using their flip phone for the pictures. But other than that, it doesn't matter. I just want to be the lowest. See, I was keeping my mouth shut, but you had to open yours about this. Yeah. Um, no, he's 100% right. If you go the extra mile, you can charge a premium. 
A for your time, B for your effort. Um, I sell what are quote unquote $4 books for $15, $16 because I go the extra mile. Now, it's a lot more work and takes a lot more time doing it that way versus uploading the stock image and saying it's a DVD and calling it a day and doing a weird title or minimum title effort. But yeah, you can charge a premium for that. Also, there's a scarcity factor in there. Like there's only three of you and none sold. Exactly like we were saying, one or none. Um, you can charge more of a premium just because you did a better quality listing. You may have a better time with the search results to the audience. Yours may sell because his was so badly done, it's buried and no one's ever going to find it. So keep those factors into consideration. Now, if you want a better refined eBay college course, there's that daily refinement group. Go join that if you want the full course. There you go. Plug. If you want the, the half-ass eBay course, I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm like community college myself. So they're, they're, they're like Harvard over there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, they all your refinement. They got everything figured out with eBay. Everything, anything, 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 anything. Yeah. It's figured out over there. They got it all down to a science. There's no guessing, right? They they know exactly how everything works and, and the they proper way. tell you no when you have a stupid idea. They just say yep. no, don't do it. I know. All right. So that that is it for the, the viewer questions. We appreciate them all. We'll probably do another one of these here in a, a month or two. So and please, please, more than one word next time. Yeah. So we need all full sentences. Well, at least that's what he says. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members, along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.